All right, well, yeah, let's mess with Andrew. Let's let's all take turns counting to three. You ready? So okay. we'll, one, 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 two, 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 three, three, three. Four, nine, 13, 20. Eight, 20. seven, yeah. 54, 63. One, okay. two, three. He somehow has to match it up with the master track. All right, I think Andrew will have no problem now. I think we have one. Also. Okay. That was plenty. This site has 483 content types. They want it cheap. Errors and warnings and notes is all over. Who wrote this thing? Bleep. My favorite part about that song is that they hyphenated notesises. It's I can I can't even say it just now, but it was really fun. Uh, that was one of my favorite parts of the pre-note in Los Angeles. And uh, this is the Drupal Easy podcast for uh, February 12th, 2016. This is my first podcast of 2016, so welcome to me. I'm Ryan Price. And uh, welcome also to our uh, regular stable of co-hosts, including but not limited to Ted Bowman. Thanks, Ryan. It's good to have you on in 2016. Is uh is all the waterfalls near your house frozen? Uh, I would imagine so. Yeah, it's supposed to get down to negative thirty wind chill tomorrow. Ooh, ooh. Okay, That's great. That's well, uh, Portland's crazy. looking pretty good right now <laughs> compared to that. Uh, somebody who's probably even doing a little bit nicer than than where I am is uh, Mr. Mike Anello down in sunny Florida. Hey, Mr. Price, and uh, actually, now that I think about it, this is a, my first podcast since. I actually visited the Six Mile Tech Compound up in Ithaca. <laughs> and, and I can attest to the fact that Ted lives within walk. It's crazy how close Ted lives to just waterfalls and gorges and just some really, really cool things. I, I wash my hair in them every day. Yeah. <laughs> I always thought you were, you were exaggerating about it, but I mean, it's no. really pretty darn it's, impressive. It is pretty impressive. Yeah, so, I can't take weather, much credit for it. Yeah, no, the weather it was you know, very it was very warm when you were here. It was, it was. Yeah, I, yeah. I brought a little bit of, of it back here, so it's it's actually fine. We've had some. Uh, I hate to say this because everyone always says, "Yeah, sure, whatever." You know, we've had a bit of a cool snap. I'll say, <laughs> where temperatures have been in the forties in the morning. Turning off the AC. You know, like, you know, it's terrible. We had to put on heat a couple of times, uh, but we're good now. We're, uh, I think today it's pushing uh, close to 70 right now. So we're, I think we're, we're getting back in, uh, in the sun. It's nice. <laughs> okay. So we have another cold weather guest. We have another cold weather guest. I was going to say, uh, it is winter. So hopefully they're all cold weather guests. If they're on the Northern hemisphere, we haven't reached that really weird point where, you know, we've switched like the North Pole and the South Pole or something like that. Magnetic poles. That's the word for it. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, there is no transition to get out of where I am right now. But uh, we do have a guest today from Acquia. And he is, among other things, the product manager for the Lightning Project. It is Mr. John Kennedy. Welcome to the show, sir. Thank you very much. Hi. <laughs> and don't ask, don't ask me about the... Uh, the temperature in Boston because it's all Fahrenheit and I'm from Australia and previous this Europe. So that's not going to happen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's what I was going to ask you is where, where are you joining us from? But it sounds like Boston. That's right. Uh, and uh, just uh, for the edification of our listeners out there, um, you, it says here that you are the project manager for lightning, but um, we're also here to talk about sort of like Acquia's contributions back to the Drupal community recently but maybe you could give us a little bit of background about yourself. Um, what what were you doing for the last couple of years, and uh, how, maybe how did you get into Drupal? I actually got into Drupal uh, when uh, Drupal uh, was around the 4.7 release, uh, which is many, many, many years ago. I found it running on um, a community server, and, and uh, someone had told me that it would be really great if I could get this thing to run faster. And I looked at it and I scratched my head and I said, this is never going to work. And I migrated them to Plone. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but from that point forward, I did a little bit more investigation about Drupal. And um, I ended up using it on some really interesting projects. And in fact, I had a little Drupal shop um, out of Sydney in Brisbane, um, in, down in Australia, where I'm from, for a while. Uh, and then uh, the commerce guys asked me to start their uh, regional branch in the U.K., 
So I was uh, regional director for the UK for 18 months. Um, and then I moved over to Acquia for, as their uh, head of solutions architecture for uh, EMEA, so Europe, Middle East, and Africa, um, heading up their, their solutions uh, architects there. And then, uh, then they asked me to come over and be a product manager in head office. So I'm over here in Boston. Um, I product manage the Lightning uh, distribution, uh, which is completely open source, uh, built by Acquia, um, for uh, it, it's uh, to basically enable developers to create great authoring experiences, um, and it, it's an enterprise authoring distribution. Um, but on top of that, um, and connected to that, I, uh, I run the D8 Map project or the D8 uh, module acceleration program, uh, actually for Acquia, and that's um, Acquia accelerating Drupal's adoption um, by actually funding uh, development of modules. Uh, so that we can have a more full Drupal 8 um, sooner. All right, I don't know if you got cut off there or if you said a word that I don't understand. Sooner? Are you, oh, using, okay. are you using big words? No, I just, I don't say ahs because where I'm from, we don't. So. What, what <laughs> sooner. word do you not understand? Oh, oh, sooner. I'm sorry. There you go. Okay. I was like, there's one of three things going on here. I'm uneducated, he has an accent, or Skype is acting up. I'm not no, sure which one. To dive into that, we actually... <laughs> so as, as a further explanation, we, we dived in uh, with a couple of analysts about uh, what um, a full CMS looks like, actually, and analyzed, kind of did the gap analysis of, of D8 uh, you know, to, to other CMSs, and we looked at um, what in the module ecosystem was critical uh, to get done, and then we put together a plan uh, for over 50 modules to complete that. And uh, we're well on our way now. Uh, you know, we've gotten through a, through uh, 20 modules already. We, we haven't written all the code for them, but we've um, been accelerating them to get to release. Um, and so that in, involves a large team of people um, that, are, that are majority actually uh, contributors and maintainers and senior Drupal developers out in the community who, uh, you know, we knew and we found because they were maintaining certain modules that we needed, um, you know, and they've been all really, uh, they've been great, actually. Everyone's come on uh, and worked um, at a community uh, rate, a greatly reduced rate uh, to get all of it done. So we're actually getting a lot of, you know, bang for our buck, as it were, um, and um, and we're, we're kind of going forward in leaps and bounds. So that's been great. Yeah, um, I think this is a really fantastic project, and it seems like anybody out there who may be an Acquia skeptic, um, if I could just be their surrogate for a minute and say, uh, actually looking at the list of contributors, you know, there are a few people that say they work for Acquia, but then there's lots of people that you, you know, have seen uh, contributing to other projects before, and... Uh, you know, one of them uh, is actually on this podcast right now, Ted Bowman. Yeah. Who's listed as freelance. So you guys need to update his title to say Six Mile Tech. Okay. Clearly. <laughs> in, inaccurate. I decided not to be too picky. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's been, it's been a lot of fun being on the team. Definitely, uh, you know, getting to learn Drupal 8 really, really well and uh, getting to work on interesting projects and hopefully, you know, hopefully helping get get stuff done sooner for Drupal 8. I think if people aren't, if people are kind of new to Drupal, um, I guess if you came in late in seven or something like that, maybe people aren't really familiar with the whole problem of, you know, Drupal, com a major release of Drupal coming out and then the whole lag of, well, it's not really ready to use because there's this whole, um, you know, gap of, of contributed modules that you pretty much want to use. And if aren't, if they're not ready, you're pretty much not going to be using that next version of Drupal. Yeah, but so. I, think, I think it's fair to say that the gap this time around is much smaller than it has been in the past. I mean, yeah, but isn't that... Gap. I mean, I've only been around since six, but isn't that probably always true? Like, it's a little bit less of a gap each time? Um. Yeah, but I feel like this, you know, with bringing views and some other, you know, yeah, views yeah, and WYSIWYG sure. and some other like key modules into core, I just feel like we've, we, we've, you know, satisfied a lot of the issues that, that, you know, we've all kind of had with Drupal core as far as it's limited and you can't really build a professional site with just Drupal core where yeah. these days you can come pretty darn close to building a full on site with just Drupal core. 
Yeah, I think uh, one of the things that we um, we we found was that um, people's expectations have actually changed of of what a CMS should be, um, and so there there are certain kind of elements we identified in Lightning actually um, that that we added. You know, kind of four areas which were layout, media, workflow, and uh, and preview uh, that were pretty standard um, for other CMSs. Um, and, you know, we're, we're kind of bringing them to Drupal in a package, but we really needed a lot of the modules uh, that are, are getting done in, in D8 map to be completed um, before we could actually kind of deliver that experience. So, yes, while there's less that needs to kind of be added to Drupal to maybe uh, kind of fulfill the requirement of traditional CMS, uh, there's so many SaaS services out there now, uh, you know, or kind of minimalists, blogging services, or, uh, you know, other, other ways to create content that just have a lot of uh, kind of out-of-the-box features. And, um, and so people's expectations have changed. So it seems like there's this, like, push and pull on both sides. On the one side, we're getting more into Drupal core. So, you know, we, there's less of a gap in the whole contrib if you come from Drupal. But if you don't come from Drupal, you know, like you said, people's expectations of when they think of, oh, this is going to be a CMS what is it actually going to include, those expectations are actually getting a lot higher. I would say so, yeah. Yeah. So the, I have one very important and selfish question, which is uh, so far in the Drupal 8 sites that I've been experimenting with, one of the gaps I've noticed is uh, we used to have this really cool thing called backup and migrate that worked really well on Drupal 6 and Drupal 7. Is... Uh, is there any sort of like a database backup plan on your uh, roadmap? You know, that's not on our roadmap uh, yet. Um, that's not being called out to us as something that's, um, you know, kind of high priority. I think of a lot of, uh, the, a lot of um, platforms actually have other backup me- mechanisms. So if you're right. self-hosting or you're, you know, you're on AWS Raw or you're kind of... Um, you know, you're, you're using it, you know, you're developing locally, um, then that's actually, you know, it's a great solution. Um, but that's uh, kind of not been something that's um, been top of our priority list at the moment. Yeah, I found that over, you know, probably the past year, year and a half or so, I've, I've started using, um, you know, things like Drush and Drupal Console as well as the actual platform tools for, for yeah. database backups a lot more than backup and migrate um and i don't know Drush if is a great just, tool yeah, yeah i don't know if that's just me doing that if it's just my evolution or if that's kind of something that that the greater part of the community is doing as well so i guess I, let me go right back to you ryan so what use cases are you finding where you're missing that functionality or what types of use cases i guess i should say well i'm in i'm in definitely solidly in the self-hosting plan um, I tend to host a lot of sites for people who want it for cheap or free because it's either some nonprofit that I'm volunteering with or there is, a, you know, a, it's like a friend of mine and they're like, hey, I wanted to put up a website so that I could invite, you know, all my friends to my family reunion and they're not looking to pay like a big monthly hosting bill. So I say, yeah, yeah, just jump on my server. So for those people, if they want to be on Drupal 8, yeah, I can set up a shell script or I could, you know, set up a cron job or something like that. But backup and migrate was just this brainless solution that I just knew would work. So, um, oh, so, so you're talking more for the scheduled backups for the scheduled backups. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. If you're moving stuff around between environments, you know, Drush is pretty good for that, but just sort of for that, like going to bed and knowing that if the server crashed tomorrow, I would have a database backup of everybody's site. So that'd be I, pretty nice. I, I love the fact that no one told John that we actually just had him on the podcast so we can ask him about the modules that specifically bother us. Yeah. So Ryan, since you opened the door, yeah. <laughs> let, Here we me go. Ask, let me ask about, you know, and I, you know, after this, I want to find out like who's on the team and, you know, kind of how you guys are, are you know, what modules you're looking at, but I, I'm, I'm sure that you are looking at, and I think this is because I've talked to Ted about it, um, about Path Auto, which is one of those modules that has kind of not been available for D8 yet, 
Um, I understand there's some big changes coming to Path Auto. Can you kind of give us a little bit of, uh, of information on that? Yeah, you know, I'm, um, I've, I've got um, more of a, a roadmap view of most of these modules, some of them I could dig into technically. Um, I think, you know, Path Auto, we've, we've absolutely got there. In fact, we've got a release of it out, um, I believe, um, that, that we've been using. Um, we kind of experienced, um, so, you know, one of the things I'm really proud of about our team actually is that we, we facilitate great open source collaboration. And, you know, there was actually, um, uh, you know, a, a, a port uh, that had gone forward uh, for Path Auto um, by someone out in the community. Um, I think Berdier had done a lot of work on it actually. And, um, you know, and what we did is we really just facilitated kind of the communication between that contributor and the maintainer and worked out, you know, what the concerns were with launching, um, you know, launching that module or basically releasing that as the port. And, you know, after that analysis, we did a lot of work um, actually kind of uh, working on the issues that the maintainer, uh, you know, uh, felt were important to cover before it was released on DDoDo. And, um, you know, and we've, we we um we've got a, a release now that we're using, um and I think you can actually see that out. Uh, there was one released in Alpha on January twenty first, um so you know in that case uh it was really bringing together a couple of people and then coding uh the the kind of the parts that that uh, the maintainer needed to to feel like it was following best practice and it covered the use cases that people would expect. So is this the part of the podcast where I get to ask what I want to work on? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's why you told us to have John up. Isn't that, the whole thing? Isn't that what we, we yeah, worked out a couple days ago? Sure. What yeah. do you want to work on, Ted? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm working on exactly what I want to work on. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> so who's on the team? That's at, where you're going, Mike? Yeah, I'm sorry. I thought Ryan was going to jump in there. Yeah, so why don't we... Um, why don't we, uh, John, if you could give us an idea of, you know, you, you talked about how you put the team together, but, you know, maybe, you know, highlight a few of the of the projects that are being worked on and who's working on them right now, just so folks can understand kind of the, the scope of, of, of this effort. Sure. So, you know, we've got, um, we've got a ton of um, Aquians uh, working on the team, um, but they're not, we're not funding any of their wages out of the the fund. You know, the fund we have, the the five hundred k we have, is is actually just going to uh, the external contributors, the freelancers, the companies that are contributing. Um, so you know, when I talk about the team, um, you know, the the Aquians there, Aqui is actually contributing them as well. Um, and so we've got a uh, we've got a few people out of India. Um, you know, uh, I've, I've kind of got a list in my blog post and I, <laughs> I feel a little bit ingenuous just listing people off. But if I didn't, I would just talk about my friends on the list. So <laughs> there's, um, you know, there's uh, Abhishek and, uh, for, from, from Aquir and there's um, Beck White from Palantir and, uh, you know, David Snowpeck and uh, we've got uh, another Aquian, Jaleel and uh, Joris, who's who's been working uh, with us, but he's not in in Aquir out of uh, Belgium. Um, he's freelance, and uh, Wampy, who's a part of Lullabot. Uh, Wampy's based out of Spain. Um, we've got Klaus, uh, who's a part of the rules team, uh, along with um, with Fargo or Wolfgang, depending on how you know him. Uh, they're both from the rules uh, team. Uh, we've been funding. We we funded Milestone Two. Uh, for rules, actually, if you want to go and see their uh, their page, um, and we've got uh, Chris Vanderwater, um, who I'm sure many people know, uh, out of Aquia uh, Eclipse GC, um, and and Larry Garfield from Palantir, who's uh, really been heading up the the effort to to get workbench moderation done, and we've just released a beta for that, which is amazing, um, considering the amount of work that had to go in and was put in. You've got uh, Naveen and uh, Need Two from. Uh, from Aquir, and then uh, Sven Dekabuda uh, from Belgium, who's just been fantastic jumping around, uh, getting lots of modules done for us. And then, of course, Ted, who's on the call, <laughs> who's <laughs> been also great, um, and obviously working with Aquir for a long time now. Um, but, you know, the uh, this particular project, uh, it's been great to have a um, an experienced senior developer who can just uh, own modules and, and push them forward. So um, you're still talking about Ted? 
<laughs> no, yes. I'm sorry. It was right there. There's nothing I can do. You had him. Did, did you hear? Did you hear a name jump out at you, Mike? Uh, yes, I, I did. As a matter of fact, I was going to let um, John finish, and then I was going to come back. Yeah, I've only got a couple more. So I was going to say, um, you know, Thomas Howe has been an Aquian who's really helped us from the kind of. Uh, the needs perspective, like what, um, so he's running an internal D8 pr- project and that's kind of helped us guide what, uh, what projects need, uh, you know, in terms of modules. And then, uh, Tom, Thomas Seidel, uh, who's, who's in Europe, um, who's been a, a great help. Uh, Tim Plunkett, who's UX specialist for Acquia, um, and, uh, is in Octo, which is, uh, office CTO. So he works directly with Dries. Um, and I, and I already said Wolfgang. So I mean that's the that's the kind of team um, the the team that's working on modules day to day. But you know we've got um, other people who've helped us out from Lullabot and uh, you know the the wider team at Palantir and um, we've got you know people who are uh, working with us from uh, a couple of companies. Um, we've got um, you know there's Appnovation have actually been working with us um, because they're involved in a in a big project um, and they. They've basically jumped into the team um, to to help us on certain modules. Um, you know, we've got a couple of um, big clients who've been lending us developers as well, and I can't necessarily mention them yet, but um, they've been really helpful to us. Uh, so there is a there is a wider team involved as well. So I think Ted, correct me if I'm wrong, but we did mention I think on the last podcast one of the projects you've been working on, um, the scheduled updates module. Yep. Yeah. We, we did. Been... Yeah, we, we talked about that. Yeah, yeah. I did. I did a calendar. Be, helped with calendar before that, and then scheduled updates. And now I'm working on inline entity form for a bit. So, yeah, it's been really interesting problems. So, um, so let me let me bring up one name which I'm super curious about. So Jaleel Carter, you mentioned, um, and him being on the team is fantastic, considering that exactly a year ago he was in Aquia U. Yeah. So yeah, he was, yeah. He was new. He wasn't necessarily new to Drupal. He he knew a little bit about Drupal. I don't think he had a whole lot of development experience, from what I remember. Yeah. Um. And within the span of a year, now he's working on this team. Um. So so that's I mean that that's saying something about his skills as well as, um, just kind of the overall makeup of the team. Yeah, you know, he's on a great a great path in Aquir, and um, it was great to have him in uh, diving into a couple of modules and getting yeah. some things done for us. I think. It also, you know, the, you know, as I was saying before, one of the things I'm really proud about about the team is the way that we can work, uh, you know, uh, very collaboratively and on a lot of modules at once, which can get quite complicated. But people um, are, are, you know, being really, are being self-directed and collaborating um, independently uh, with the with other members of the team really well. So he was supported by some senior developers, um, you know, and um, and that's. Just people wanting to get it done. Yeah. So, are you aware um, of his nickname? Uh, <laughs> we actually no? during Aqua you, <laughs> his fellow students and I gave him a nickname, and it's not—it's believe me, it's not a bad nickname at all. It's we called him the machine. Okay. <laughs> he just—he would take a task and go and you know sequester himself somewhere, get it done, and come back, and everybody would be like. How, when did that happen? Yeah, he just he just got stuff done. It was it was, um, it was amazing. Not yeah. to mention being a, a really good a really good person. I should also mention I I didn't really mention Adam because you know I kind of it he's just ever present. <laughs> but Adam is Adam Balsam is is the technical lead on the project. He's actually you know managing all of the scrums and he he develops you know. Uh, in in the project and and kind of manages the the process from a technical angle he's you know by far the the you know he's uh, had huge impact in the project and and leads it from a from a technical perspective so i wouldn't want to forget adam yeah, <laughs> yeah adam's, but i work adam's with him every day so <laughs> yeah adam's been great especially because he has to keep you know some there's so many issues related to so many modules you know and has to sort of keep that all the all those in mind so it's nice to be able to just sort of like work in my little corner and know that, you know, it's, uh, the, the larger part is being led well. Yeah. I mean, Adam's, Adam's a great developer, but he's also a great leader. You know, I think he gives everyone really clear direction and, um, it enables people, you know, to, to, to 
get done what they you know what they need to get done so he's he's really been great for the project okay so john i have two quick questions um one is is this project related in any way to aquia's large-scale drupal initiative and then second uh and maybe this is a good way to end the subject is um how if i am interested in you know working on one of these projects like who do i have to talk to like what do i have to do well, uh, you know, I think both Adam and I, uh, we, we kind of take it from slightly different perspectives. Um, I'm, I'm a, a product manager for uh, Aqua, you know, so my, uh, my role in this is to really work out the priorities and uh, make sure that, um, you know, all the logistics are sorted out and, uh, and to kind of uh, manage it like that. But, um, you know, Adam is really the one who, uh, kind of talks to the developers and, um, you know, make sure they've got the, the right background and, uh, you know, have the, and, um, you know, are, are passionately interested in the, in the module that they're going to take on. <laughs> um, that's one of the things is we've been getting a lot of people who actually, you know, wanted to develop these modules anyway and just really couldn't justify it. Um, and, and now they can. So, you know, I think um, you'd, you'd end up speaking to both Adam and I. Okay. And then, um, yeah, is this related to, to Aquia's large-scale Drupal in any way, or is this just something that you're doing? So large-scale Drupal, um, you know, was really a coalition um, between uh, the, the, the largest uh, companies doing Drupal, um, you know, and it was guided by Aquia, but really uh, directed uh, kind of um, by those companies. And, um this is this is completely separate. Um, you know, I think large scale Drupal was a great initiative, and um, it brought a lot of people together. Um, and you know, it, it kind of uh, was about serving those the the needs of of those large companies. Um, and I think you know those uh, we'll we'll see a lot of contribution um, from those companies uh, into the project going forward. We've had uh, interest from them to potentially contribute. Um, but it's not about serving their needs. It's about uh, accelerating Drupal and, um, and serving the community. All right, very good. So um, the blog post that you referred to is obviously, we'll link to it from our podcast notes. Um, and just one final question, I guess, to wrap this up. Um, in the blog post, you mentioned, you know, next month there's some, some additional releases coming. So is there an overall time line for this project is this is just going to go till it's done or is this slated for a specific you know time frame well uh you know we have um the the kind of we were we're given the budget by our and we've planned out um that program you know of modules um we have them all on a timeline um some of those have been have have moved as we've um, reprioritized or had to re-estimate um and so, you know, the, the general, we kind of released some general timelines. Um, for instance, we actually just ha- had a release out of, of, um, of Panelizer. And, um, you know, we've, we've got releases out of Search, as I said, uh, in, the, in the blog post. Um, but we don't, uh, we're not kind of publishing a definitive um, map publicly um, just so that we can, uh, you know, keep everyone focused on, on development rather than, and getting it done the right way, basically, uh, releasing uh, modules that are ready uh, rather than holding them to strict timelines. Um, you know, I think, um, we, as I said, we, we uh, started the program uh, with that initial budget and uh, we've got most of the modules we'll do uh, already on a timeline, uh, but we expect to see contribution uh, come in uh, from other sources and uh, that will mean that we can add more modules and, you know, and we can keep... Uh, keep the team together basically um, and uh, and keep uh, producing for the Drupal community um, so you know I think we will uh, look at our, our timeline again uh, probably in um, or, or the modules we're working on again probably somewhere in April um, through June to kind of work out what what next basically for the program very cool well um, yeah definitely thanks for letting us uh, talk to you about this project and of course, you know, thanks to Acquia for, you know, in sort of accelerating all these modules for the community too. Uh, now we're going to be moving on to some Drupal community news. 
I uh, didn't get a chance to say this on the last podcast because I wasn't there, but I am actually going to be working on the DrupalCon session selection committee. So uh, my address where you send all of the bribes is 74. Actually, no, um, there is no way to bribe your way into DrupalCon, but we are actively accepting submissions right now through the end of February. So if you would like to speak at DrupalCon New Orleans, um, even if you don't have your idea completely fleshed out yet, we encourage you to get something in before the end of the month because that's when the deadline closes. And then um, myself personally, I'm working on the site building track, but there are lots of really interesting tracks. They've actually gotten um, PHP Architect, which I think we would used to call it a magazine. I don't know what it is now. Is working on the PHP track, and they'll be doing a handful of sessions. Core conversations will be there, of course. Um, and then, in addition to the regular sort of like development track and business track and different things like that, there's a front end track. But then there's a new thing that's called Horizons, and Horizons is for things that maybe don't fit squarely into uh, a regular DrupalCon track. So some of those things might include the kinds of things you've seen happening on Dries' blog recently, where they're talking about completely, you know, um, adding new JavaScript frameworks into Drupal, even though we don't really know what they're for yet. Um, or just talking about some innovation that's happened in other parts of the world that maybe the Drupal community would want to know about. Um, so there's, there's side of a wide open definition of what could be there. Probably lots of things related to front end applications, but you know, you, if you want to bring a robot, then bring a robot. Um, I've, I know we've seen robots at DrupalCon before. They've said Internet of Things is, I think, on their list of things they would like to see. Wrapping this up very quickly. Um, check out the DrupalCon website. I also have written a blog post talking about one of my early DrupalCon experiences and how it would be really cool to uh, have somebody else be able to have that experience at their first DrupalCon. Uh, so we're going to put some links to that in the show notes. Apply today. Do you think I, if I did a session where I just do the robot, that would have a good chance? <laughs> well, you'll have to submit and find out, Ted. It's the only way to know. Really, yeah, Ted, what, what video? you really should do is you should do the robot first at a meetup, and then if people <laughs> respond well to it at a meetup, then you go to a camp and do the robot oh, for forty-five they, minutes. They've been loving it here in town. So, all right. Well, I'm your sad. next up is your next up is a camp, and then if it okay. goes over well at the camp, then then I think you're ready yeah. for the big time. Yeah, I mean, right. do you have previous robot experience <laughs> in a public venue? I'll work on that. Not that okay. you can remember. Maybe, maybe by Dublin. All right, very good. So, yeah, that's pretty much that, and we'll put some links in the show notes. Well, congratulations, Ryan. We're all counting on you. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, Mike, I think you have some Drupal Easy news about the Drupal Career Online program. Absolutely, I do. We're getting, um, we're getting ready to uh, run the program, I, th I think, for the eighth time. Uh, it'll be starting up a little more than a month from now. I think the date it starts is March 21st, or some, somewhere in mid-March. Uh, anyway, if you haven't heard about it, then you haven't been listening to the podcast or, or heard me speak. Um, but the idea is that we have a 12-week Drupal career online training program. We meet for three half days a week, and we cover everything from uh, workflow to module development to site building to theming um, to basic site maintenance. Basically, the idea is to take... Someone who is, you know, either relatively new to Drupal or maybe a Drupal hobbyist who doesn't have, you know, the best practices down yet, or maybe even someone who works for an organization who main, you know, who maintains a Drupal site from the content side, but they want to start taking on more responsibilities. They want to learn how to update modules and how to build new features onto that site. Um, this class is, is exactly what a lot of people um, are looking for. And we've gotten some great responses um, from our past classes. It's really amazing. Um, I'm, I'm building out our, the next iteration of the Drupal Easy site right now, and we're sprinkling testimonials from our graduates throughout the sites. And it's, it's very humbling to see some of the wonderful things that our, our graduates have said about the class. 
Um, but anyway, it starts in mid-March. Uh, so absolutely, you can go to drupaleasy.com slash DCO for Drupal Career Online. All the information is there. We're going to be doing a free, what we call Taste of Drupal online session uh, in the next week or so. Um, that basically I'll be talking about what the class entails, what's expected from the students, how much time um, students should be look, looking um, to invest in the program um, during the 12 weeks. So definitely check that out. Um, it works. I mean, that, that's why we keep doing it because people keep coming and uh, giving us great feedback. Um, and people are probably wondering, so I'll mention one last thing about it. The curriculum is a blend of Drupal 7 and Drupal 8. So it, it's very heavy on um, workflow, uh, you know, moving sites from local to dev to stage, and Git and Drush, um, as well as information architecture and site building and things like entities and bundles and things like that. Um, things that are kind of common between Drupal 7 and Drupal 8, but we do have Drupal 7 and Drupal 8 specific portions of the curriculum. So regardless of what you're looking to do, which version you're looking for, you're, you're definitely going to find something. So All right. Let's, let's. This is time uh, for stories. Yeah, we've got a bunch. Okay. We kind of. Well, go ahead, Ryan. You were going to say something. Uh, I was going to say this. This first one seems like if you're the kind of person who likes to live on the edge, as it were, if you like to to ride head on Drupal eight, then this is going to affect you. But if you just like downloading things from Drupal.org, maybe not so much. But, but I also they took think the dependence. What's sorry? Go ahead. I was going to say I also think it's. It feels like the right thing to do. Oh, right? sure. Yeah, so go ahead. So why don't you talk about it? You know. they, they took all the dependencies, uh, like they have no longer checked in all of the files into the Drupal uh, source branch. So uh, if you go to drupal.org and you download the Drupal 8.1.x branch, which is actually out there now, um, you will just get the Drupal PHP files and none of the, I guess, the Symphony stuff and the other sorts of libraries that are included with Drupal Core um, because Composer. If you haven't heard of Composer yet, you're probably going to hear a lot more about it in the next year. Um, it's basically like what we have with Drush for Drupal. This is like you know that that sort of a thing for all of PHP. If you've ever used other systems like npm for node.js or um, apt-get for your unix box or um, homebrew for your mac or something along those lines that's what composer does for php it keeps track of packages and dependencies on things and downloads them and downloads the right version of it so that you don't have to think about it so that's what you've got to do but people who download drupal.org you know, from the site, you know, the, the gzip or the zip file, this won't affect them. It's this will only, not affect them at all. Right. It's only people who are, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong here, if you do a git clone of Drupal directly from the repository, then you'll have to run Composer to get all, all of the dependencies. And that's specifically for the 8.1.x branch, and I'm assuming anything in the future. Yes. All right. Next story. Um, Ryan, you want to go? We'll go back and forth on these. That sounds sure. good. All right, so next story is um, Dries has announced a new provisional Drupal 8 committer. Um, his name is Scott Reeves. He goes by the username of Kotzer, C-O-T-T-S-E-R. You may have seen him on the Drupal somewhere. Um, and this is kind of a big deal, not only because it's a new Drupal 8 committer, which, of, with, of which there's very few. There's, you know, Ketch and Alex and, and Webchick and Dries, obviously, and XJM and... Jen Hodgkin, Hodgden, sorry. Uh, I don't know. Did I miss anybody for D8? Good question. I hope I, hope I didn't. But anyway, um, Scott is, is uh, the latest to join that very exclusive club. Um, and this is kind of a first for Drupal because Scott is focused on front end. So we're going to have a committer who's specifically focused on front end changes, um, which is pretty exciting. So um, Dries announced it's a provision, it's a prov provisional appointment. So I don't know what you know. He, you know, I guess as long as he doesn't screw anything up, then he becomes a permanent appointment. I guess. Um, but regardless, it's it, it's a big honor, and for front end developers in the Drupal community, they um, 
I'm sure there's a lot of uh, happy people about this. So congrats to Scott. Scott's really been involved in the, uh, a lot of, I think a lot of code sprints and mentoring. So you may have seen him at Drupal cons. Oh, good to know. Good to know. Ryan, what's the next one? All right. Uh, for people who, you know, speak languages other than English, we have some good news for you. There is somebody called Ignacio. Um, that's all the only name I have in front of me right now who is pushing for there to be a Spanish and Portuguese version of the Drupal planet. So for articles that are written in Spanish or Portuguese, it is drupal.org slash planeta. And I guess it is sort of like in beta as of about a week ago. Um, so you could go check that out. We will have a link in the show notes. And it looks like he's looking for support or feedback um, and so there's a link, I guess, to a, a node on drupal.org that you can go and leave a comment on if you have some feedback there. Yeah, I think they're, they're looking for more contributors. They're, they're looking for more people who blog about Drupal in Spanish to add to the feed. I think that's one of the things they're looking for, obviously. And uh, I don't know. I guess there's other regions that it may be included soon, but... Um, this one, I, I guess has a lot of support right now. So, um, do check that out. If you are one of those people for whom English is not your first language. All right. Next well, up. Well, oh, good. Ted. Specifically Spanish or Portuguese. If English is your, not your first language and Chinese is, this doesn't really help you out much, but it might soon. It might. In the, the floodgates future, yeah. are now open. Yeah. Good thing. All right. Uh, nominations are now open for a Drupal Association at-large uh, director. This is someone who would be on the Drupal Association Board of Directors. Um, this, these are self-nominations, so you can nominate yourself. Um, this happens every year. Um, so if you're interested in taking a little more of a leadership role in the Drupal community, and specifically the Drupal Association, now is the time to head on over to uh, drupal.org and we'll obviously have the link in the show notes and read about what the position entails and uh, decide if you know, this is something that you might be interested in. Um, nominations close in about a week on February 20th. So uh, don't delay, but definitely uh, check that out if this is something that might interest you. Plus, I hear that the uh, Drupal Association Club Room at DrupalCons is pretty swanky. All mahogany. Yeah. And leather, obviously. But you know. Well, yeah. There are velvet jackets for everyone, and, you know, a valet comes around and gets your drink orders and then tells you that the bar is right over there, sir. Velvet so pretty much Drupal just like jacket. the Drupal Easy Room, right? Pretty much. <laughs> Shh. It's just but for hosts and guests. But velvet Drupal jackets? I mean, yeah. is that not... The, the future of Drupal camp swag right there. <laughs> that sounds fantastic. <laughs> Ted, you want to take this last one? Number five? Uh, number five, yeah. 8.1.0 will be released on April 20th. Um, and so they're going to do a beta on March 2nd, which I think means that um, all of the feature, all new features will have to be in by then. Um, so this is mainly focused on uh, migrate UI, front-end test, usability improvements, and bug fixes. So uh, sort of importantly, this is like the first um, the first one of the kind as far as releases, right? As far as yeah. uh, semantic releasing. Yeah, and it's something very, very new for our community where we're having a release that adds new features that isn't necessarily a major release. I was going to say, but big question I have is since it's focusing on migrate UI, does that mean that Migrate UI will be out before Drupal 6 is end of life? Like, is that one of the goals here, or is that just a coincidence? No, no. Well, Drupal 6 end of life is in a couple of weeks here. It's in February. So okay. the Migrate UI stuff, is, is it's available, but it's currently in Contrib. So it's just a matter of getting it finished and getting it cleaned up and um, appropriate for core. Okay. Because, yeah, that is something that's coming, right? It's not really a story here, but... Here it comes. Well, it's not a story because that's the topic of our next podcast. 
Oh, very nice. Yes. David Snowpeck um, from, oh my gosh, I forgot his company. He's one of the, um, his organization is one of the companies that is uh, providing uh, Drupal 6 end-of-life support. So we'll be talking about that on the next podcast extensively. All right, Ted, did you have another comment? Uh, well, the other thing I was in my work with Acquia, so on some on a particular module we're working on, you know, that's not going to be done soon, we're working off the 8.1.x branch. So it's something kind of new for me to think like, oh, yeah, you're not necessarily, you know, if you know you either it's a contrib module or it's a site where you know it's not going to be done by April 20th or there's not a need for it to be done by April 20th that you might just want to start working on the next branch. So if you're, you know, if you're building a site for, I mean, it shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't have really concerns with backwards compatibility, but if you are, have a long-term project, you might just want to start working on this branch now. Yeah. That's, that's pretty interesting. You know, with other systems, when I've had, they've had incremental releases like that. Let's say WordPress as an example, the incremental release comes out and a bunch of your plugins you know, potentially will break. Um, so I, I know, I don't know exactly what that workflow is going to look like for Drupal. Like, you know, do you have to have that version tagging on your individual modules and say, this doesn't work before 8.1 and this, this hasn't been tested with 8.1. Like does our project release system support that? I think you can say you can have a dependency on a certain version of a module. I know in the past you could, uh, with with like minor versions, so I'm assuming that you can with this minor version on core, because you mm-hmm. could on other contrib modules say like this, or even for core in the past, like this only works with 7.36 or whatever. Um, so I think you could put that dependency in there now. I mean, I think because Drupal 8 is so much more object oriented, it's sort of easier to hopefully, hopefully it'll be easier to know we're not break breaking backwards compatibility because we can you know, not change the interface. If you don't change an interface or the interfaces we're using, hopefully it'll be easier to tell like, okay, we definitely didn't break stuff. Right. We're still not talking about API breaking changes, right? We're just talking about new functionality, new APIs, not necessarily. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, very cool. And uh, with that, I actually have to get going here, but uh, I will leave the show in your capable hands, gentlemen. All right, very good, Ryan's. I doff my hat to you, and I put don my smoking jacket for the rest of the day. Your velvet smoking jacket. Yes. That's fantastic. All right. Have a good day. Very cool. Moving on to our sponsor, webenable.com and devpanel.com, where you can build, manage, and deploy your Drupal sites. Uh, one of the cool features of webenable.com is you can, once you create a free trial account, you can pick from any one of a number of um, Drupal core versions or Drupal distributions um, to use as your starting point. And as a matter of fact, they're not specifically limited to Drupal. There's a bunch of other open source um, projects that are available to you as a starting point if you're just interested in checking them out or if you have a client who is asking for you to talk about what the differences are, maybe you know, to check out a particular uh, open source project uh, for use. So you can uh, definitely want to check that out at webenable.com um, today. So picks of the week. Uh, Ted, I'm going to skip right to you because it says Star Wars. Yeah, so um, I've been um, watching a friend's kid and we get together every maybe every week, every couple of weeks. And sometimes we do computer related stuff. And one of the things that I've sort of roped her into is this code.org, which is uh, basically these little exercises for kids. This kid happens to be seven years old and they have these little hours of code. And one of them is Star Wars Hour of Code. And basically uh, there's this system called Blocky, an open source system that Google made. And there's a whole lot of different projects around the web that use it. And it's basically a drag and drop programming system. So the Star Wars one, I think it has like 11 different lessons. And the very last lesson, basically, they've taught you a whole bunch about loops and about events and stuff like that. And the very last lesson is just like make your own game. And um, so, yeah, it was it was really I was really impressed with it. I hadn't seen this particular one. 
before the one we went through before was um the minecraft hour of code which is basically the same idea same interface you you basically make a program and then hit run test it and then you know if it doesn't if it works you go to the next one if not you try it again so yeah it's a lot of fun so ted all in all honesty did you learn anything about programming during the uh hour that you were working with it any little nugget or any little no but i learned so (laughs) i think you're definitely qualified for the uh for the module acceleration program then yeah, I think if I said yes, John would be like cutting me off the list right away. <laughs> well, yes, Mike, I learned about if statements, which I found very this, interesting. And I'm definitely going to cool start thing using called that. loops. <laughs> uh, so, no, but I think the coolest thing was we were going through and the very last step was basically like make your own game. There's no rules. Just learn what you applied. And she literally like turned the laptop so I couldn't do it, couldn't see what she was doing. And she said, you know, I just, you know, go away, come back and I'll, I'll make you a game. So she was like, really wanted help up until then. But then when it was like, you know, do what you want, it was just like, no, I'm going to do this all myself. And or, so I think it was really, or, really cool the way they do the steps. Or, <laughs> or she was just annoyed that you kept on wanting to <laughs> get your hands on the keyboard and she finally had enough. <laughs> she, uh, no, she made a cool game. <laughs> I should put a link. Oh, maybe I'll get a link in the show notes. You can link to the games that people make. All right. Very cool. Very cool. That's a very nice thing that you're doing there, volunteering your time with the, I guess one of your, a friend's kid. Is that right? Is that, do I know? Yeah. A friend's kid. Yeah. 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 Very, very nice of you. John, do you have a pick of the week for us? Uh, you know what? I promise I have better answers to other questions. But for this one, I really hope that people uh, who are trying to build Drupal 8 sites go and check out Lightning <laughs> on Drupal.org. <laughs> Small plug there. Um, yeah, there's a there's a beta 2 out. We released it on the 1st of February. There's another, uh, there's a beta 3 coming out um, in the next week or so. And um, it's really, it's a tool for developers. It's not going to be, you know, an open atrium experience where you can, uh, you know, it, turn it on and um, have a bunch of kind of features and interfaces. It's really uh, much less opinionated. It's, it's um, a framework, you know, and it's, it's a way to, to get started. So, you know, we kind of give you a, a group of modules that work together to enable workflow layout preview um, and, um, and media integration. And um, hopefully it'll just get more Drupal 8 projects started faster. So, I would appreciate it if everyone got on there and downloaded it and tried it out and submitted us some issues. So we got, you know, <laughs> we got a clear idea of, uh, of what people need, uh, need in the distro. All right. Very good. Very good. And my pick of the week is the honeypot module. And this is a module that's been around for a while. So I don't think I'm, you know, going to surprise anybody with, you know, the functionality of this module. Um, but what I want to focus on is the fact that, the Drupal 8 version of this module is currently on version 8.1.22. So this is a module that not only has a release for Drupal 8, but it's, it's had tw- at least 22 releases so far. Um, it, it's not, again, it's not the most complex module, but what it does, it does really, really well, and it works really, really well with Drupal 8. So I just want to give a shout out to the maintainer, who's uh, Jeff Geerling. His uh, username is Gearling Guy, so clearly he's um, he's put a lot of time and effort into this. And there's some other maintainers as well. I don't want to um, uh, make it sound like there aren't, but Jeff's uh, seems like he's kind of the lead maintainer there. Um, so if you're building a Drupal 8 site and you're accepting comments or you have any other types of forms that are open to the public, Honeypot module is a good way of cutting down on at least some of of, of that uh, submission spam that sometimes you get. All right, very good. Moving on, Ted. I think you are going to be at our first listed upcoming event. Is that correct? Yeah. So Drupal Camp NYC. It's a one-day unconference in New York, and it's. Uh, I actually haven't been to one of these unconferences in New York in probably three years. But they they used to be a lot of fun, and I'm sort of following an email thread of how people are sort of preparing for it. So I'm I'm pretty psyched. Right, if you're in the area, I would say it's worth going anywhere in the area. And that's a lot of people in, who, are, who yeah. are somewhere in the area. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's come up in about two weeks. Uh, the weekend following that, about three weeks from the recording of this podcast, is uh, my home camp, Florida Drupal Camp 2016. 
We've got a great slate of uh, featured speakers, and uh, our featured speakers we give double-length sessions to. And so we have uh, Jesus, who is one of the maintainers of Drupal Console, who's going to be talking about and demonstrating um, uh, using Drupal Console with, uh, to do Drupal 8 module development. Uh, we also have Karen Stevenson, who is from Lullabot. Um, in the past, she's been the maintainer of All Things Date. Um, and she's going to be uh, doing a double-length session on Drupal 8 site building, which we're all looking forward to because she is super smart. And um, finally, on the theming side of things, we have Morton, DK, for all the way from Denmark, who is going to be talking, obviously, about Drupal 8 theming. So if you are interested in kind of kickstarting your Drupal 8 knowledge, there's really, you know, these are three of the top minds in the community who are going to be... Um, you know, up on uh, up on a stage and available to us um, uh, at Florida Drupal Camp. Uh, it takes place on March fifth in Orlando, or well, actually, it is technically in Orlando. Um, so uh, come uh, check it out. Also, I did want to mention Mid Camp, which is uh, mid March, and that is our one of our co-hosts Anna Colada's home camp. So she will be there at Mid Camp. I do want to give a shout out to Texas Camp, which is a brand new uh, Drupal camp. I believe this is in the Dallas area, uh, and that's slated for April 1st and 2nd. And then Drupal Delphia, which is a, a pretty big camp. And I know, Ted, you, you go to this one, I think, pretty regularly. And that's um, Yeah, I think I've been that's to last. big, right? Yeah, and if I don't know if people will get this by the time of the recording uh, or they get the, Drup- the podcast, but I think s- submissions are due on the 15th. If you want to submit a session. Oh, this month. Yeah. Wow. That's a, that's a quite a lead time. That's must, good. Uh, they're, yeah, they're super organized. It sounds like <laughs> they got their stuff together. <laughs> they do. Have their stuff it may together. have been, it may have been extended once, but uh, yeah, okay. I, I'm not, John, I'm not counting on it being extended again. <laughs> all right, John, are there any uh, Drupal events that you will be at in the near future? I think um, you know the next big one I'll be at is probably New Orleans. Um, okay. I, I might. I was hoping to get down to Nice Camp, but I, I don't know that I'm going to be able to make it. Um, that's a great camp I've been before, and I've spoken there. Lots of fun. All right, very good. Okay, um, so let's start wrapping things up here. John, where can people find you online? Well, uh, I'm on Twitter, Commerce John. Um, I'm. You can. Uh, if you want to get involved in the project, um, the best way is to hit up our issue queue. Um, you know, so either the modules that are within D8 Map or uh, Drupal Lightning. Um, and yeah, I mean, if if you tweet me, I'll respond. So <laughs> Twitter is probably a good way to get in contact with me. All right, very good. And how about you, Ted? Uh, Tedbo at Twitter and Drupal.org and SixMileTech.com. All right, very good. And I am Ultimike pretty much everywhere, including on Twitter, U-L-T-I-M-I-K-E. Uh, Ryan, who had a duck out a little bit early, is Liberator minus the final vowel. And of course, you can always follow Drupal Easy at Drupal Easy pretty much everywhere. Um, and our missing co-hosts, Andrew M. Riley, and who else? Let's see, uh, A. Colada, Anna Colada, and Kelly Curry at Bright Bold. All right, John, it's time for one of my favorite parts of the podcast, and that's where we ask you five questions that we don't want you to think too much about and just give us a, um, a pretty quick answer to. So you ready? Yep. because <laughs> oh, they're coming no matter what. <laughs> Sounds like maybe he didn't read this far down in the document. <laughs> no, that's even better. Fantastic. So, yeah, we go. Here we go, John. Name something interesting you do outside of Drupal. Okay. Uh, well, I do uh, West Coast Swing, which is a dance. Uh, it's the state dance of California. Um, it's partner dancing. It's lots of fun. All right. West, so, that, so West Coast Swing is actually the name of the type of dance? That's it. It's like jive or, uh, yeah, or kind of, you know, other kind of ballroom dances, but it's, um, it's much more relaxed and chilled out, very social dance. Actually, I've met, met a lot of... Um, programmers and people in software um who who do west coast so yeah i don't know why it attracts people in software but it seems to i feel like this is like a whole subculture that i have like never even like the venn diagram of my life nowhere near the (laughs) the circle of 
of that. So, all right, interesting. Um, name the last piece of software that you installed, and it can be on your phone, your watch, your TV, your computer, anything. Yeah, that's tough. I don't, do people install software anymore? I don't know. Oh, if, you download it, <laughs> if you download an app. An app. Yeah. Uh, now you got me scrolling through my apps. Mm-hmm. I guess I've got to say that you know I've got a I've got a sister who's ten years younger than me, and I always kind of feel just a little bit you know I'm I'm probably I'm Gen Y and I'm not couldn't really call me a millennial, so I I downloaded Snapchat just to kind of understand why. <laughs> it exists. It seems crazy, but you know, I, I talked to her, and then I was like, "Okay, I, I better go find out." So you know, there's like hundreds of millions of <laughs> of the people who will be you know working within the next five years use this thing. So we might <laughs> better check it out. My kids are begging my wife and I for Snapchat. Right. Begging, yes. So. Um, they're not getting it by the way. At least anytime, <laughs> at least anytime soon. Uh, what's a goal that you um, have not accomplished yet that is a bit scary? That's an interesting one. Maybe come back to that one. What are the next, what are the next questions? <laughs> I'm not sure that we let people pass on this I'm not sure if that's part of the game, but we'll, we'll come back to it. I'll, I'll think we'll consider that. I don't know. Well, I, you see, I can't, I can't be president in this country because I wasn't born here. So I guess uh-huh. that's out of the question. Um, well, I don't not to. I don't want to use the word a realistic goal, but <laughs> that's that's the only thing stopping you. If you were pretty born, much, you know, be, you'd probably yeah. already be president. Well, yeah, you know. <laughs> All right. Well, so just I'll give you some ideas of what other guests have said, and then for sure, yeah, love to so hear that. Yeah. So I know that uh, one of our previous guests said speaking at a DrupalCon. Um. Uh, yeah, actually. Guests, you know, a little more tongue-in-cheek last time, I, I believe, Jen Lampton said, doing her taxes. <laughs> right, yeah. It's so horrible. Back, you can let that one percolate for Okay, me. okay. Um, this next one, hopefully, is a bit easier. What is the last exotic animal that you've hand-fed? I don't know. I've got a... I've got a... An, like a 16-month-old son, and we've been going to zoos recently. <laughs> so there's oh, been a lot of animals. The son was the... <laughs> Yeah, I he's he's a lot son. like a like petting. He's a lot. He's pretty much is an exotic animal. But but you know, I guess it would have to probably be. I don't know. We went to this this turtle park with like fifty different types of tortoises and turtles in some country in 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 Europe. I think it was like Corsica or somewhere like that. That's probably the most exotic right. recently. Well, that's 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 a good one. And then, what was your tipping point Drupal moment? In other words, at, at you know, at some point you were, and you kind of mentioned it earlier that you were exposed to Drupal. You quickly went to Plone, but then you you started. I came back. To Drupal yeah. And <laughs> yeah, actually, I. That you saw. Yeah, for sure. I was um, I was trying to develop a web application, and um, and then I realized that it was actually incredibly content heavy, and I should probably just use work that other people had done, <laughs> and I went out and I I found Drupal again. Um, and I built a custom module for it and, um, it was ridiculous. Like it was far too long and included way too much functionality in the one module. Um, but by the end of that experience, painful as it was, I, I, um, I kind of really appreciated Drupal for what it was and what it could do. Uh, so I guess it was building that module. So writing your first module. Yeah. All right, so let's go back. What's the goal you haven't accomplished yet, but is a bit terrifying? <laughs> I don't know. You know, I, I submitted a session to Mumbai, and that got in, and then I wasn't able to go, so that's really disappointing. Um, I guess, you know, I'll submit for, uh, for, uh, for New Orleans, and we'll see how we go there. Um, I think um, I'd love to see... It doesn't have to be, a, it doesn't have to be Drupal-related. You could be, like, you know, bungee jumping. Oh yeah, anything. Yeah, anything. Okay. Anything that you want to do, that's a that's a goal that you know a realistic goal that. You, <laughs> you keep saying realistic. That's just disappointing. Well, you're the one who brought up the presidents. You know, I'm just saying you weren't born in this. Country. I look. I live. I live in Boston. All right, and what that means is that with my name, everyone has a little chuckle when I introduce myself. I'm like, okay, guys, heard it a million times before. I know. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. John Kennedy, right? Yeah. So. 
So no, okay, realistic goal, explore more of the US. Let's uh, say Yellowstone. I'd love to go see Yellowstone okay. National I Park. I, I really don't mean to be giving you a hard time here, but is that really all that much, <laughs> is that really terrifying? <laughs> well, I, I guess, you know, like Old Faithful could blow up in your face or something. Oh, I don't know. God. Maybe, ah. Uh, oh, all right. I'm, start an open source movement. I want to, you know, I want to be uh, Dries in like 10 years time. <laughs> okay, now we're, now we're getting somewhere. <laughs> We'll have you on another podcast to talk about that. For sure. In 10 years, we'll talk again. You'll be like, it was that moment. You know, you made the decision and then it all came together. All right. Well, <laughs> all right. Thanks for being a good sport about my, uh, my pestering you about that question. But sure thing. Kind of my job. So, all right. Well, very good. So uh, let me wrap things up here. As always, if this is your first time listening to our podcast, you can catch all of our episodes by searching for Drupal Easy on iTunes or your favorite podcast catcher, or by going to drupaleasy.com slash podcast. If you want to leave us a voicemail and argue with Ted about anything, you can call 321-396-2340. And, you know, now that I think about it, John, Ted can't bill for these hours, right? <laughs> he was asking me that. He said, you know... Do you think John... No, he can't bill for these hours. <laughs> it's my duty to the community that then make sure that he uses those hours incredibly productively. Well, he was asking Mike, me, so I, I just wanted to make sure. Well, I, I, I guess, Mike, I hate to break it to you. Like, I'm always working when I'm doing these podcasts and just sort of slightly paying attention to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, and it shows, Ted. So thanks for that. Appreciate it. Um, if you want to follow what we're thinking about talking about on upcoming podcasts, you can follow the Drupal Easy podcast tag on Delicious. And upcoming uh, next couple podcasts, we have, as I mentioned earlier, David Snowpeck, who's going to be talking about the D6 end of life, which is imminent. And then kind of the elephant in the room that we haven't talked about too much on the podcast um, because we're waiting for Preston So to come on in a few weeks, who's kind of been um, one of the key players in the whole front-end JavaScript in Drupal core discussion. And I'll use the word discussion there. Um, so there's been a lot of just super interesting conversation around that. Um, and it's still, it's still going strong. So hopefully by the time Preston comes on, maybe things won't have settled down, but at least we'll have some direction that the community is, 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 um, is going in as far as what are the next, you know, two or three steps in, in this process. Um, so that's it. So Ted, thanks a lot for your time today and get back to work because, uh, yeah, yeah. inline, inline entity form is not going to, it's not going to upgrade itself. <laughs> Alrighty. And John, thanks a lot for your time um, and, and, and telling us all about this program and, you know, pass it along to the, uh, the muckety mucks at Acquia, how much the community appreciates, you know, the money and the resources that Acquia is, um, is devoting to this. This is, you know, obviously it's good for Acquia um, because if, when Drupal succeeds, Acquia succeeds. Um, but the fact that all of this stuff is being plowed right back into the community helps everybody that's i don't think anybody can argue with that so uh, thank you for your role in that sure thing thanks for having me on all right and we will see everybody next time on the drupal easy podcast <laughs>